0: You can you tell me how tell me why crazy And my mind is I my lady Good evening This week's guest is Shannon Odell, or Odell Or Yodel Odell, Shannon Odell uh, She is a neuroscientist and comedian um, She's very fun, very funny um, I learned, we talk a lot about brains in this episode So if you want to learn about how your brain works, please continue forward. She has a show on Facebook called Your Brain on Blank that's really fun and concise and really interesting. So check her out there. I'd like to thank all our patrons on Patreon. And if you have an interest in supporting what we do here, not only for positive and negative, but also all the other podcasts that Wayward Wordsmiths produces, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash waywardwordsmiths. And donate there, we're looking to upgrade some studio equipment and a few other things. So anything counts. Anything counts, Anything helps. I'm clearly gone. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I made a mistake. I made a single mistake speaking. Let's just get to the interview. I love you. Where'd you go to college?
1: What went to Vassar College.
0: I've never, what is, what is it? It's that?
1: in upstate New York. It's like small liberal arts. Okay. You know, that so, kind of thing.
0: So did you start off doing liberal arts and then switch over? Or what's there?
1: Yeah. So I, I got my biology degree there. So, uh, they had sciences, but like, it was mm-hmm. just like a small school. So, okay.
0: Yeah. And what do you do? do as a neuroscientist like yeah what's your specific thing
1: um so i th- my thesis is on um, epigenetics and memory okay so that's basically you have your genes and that's what everyone knows you know your dna um mm-hmm. and then um epigenetics n- literally means on top of dna so okay. this is all the n- the new things we're learning about dna so dna basically in every cell is the same mm-hmm. um but what genes are expressed are based on all these marks on top of DNA, and these marks can change due to environment. Okay. So say like a gene is really tightly wound mm-hmm. due to epigenetic marks, and then uh, the environment can kind of change that and kind of unwind it, and mm-hmm. then it, that gene all of a sudden gets expressed. And that's okay. how you can like change gene expression. Okay. Um. Even though your DNA is exactly the same.
0: And what does that mean, um, changing gene expression? That
1: means, so gene uh, gene expression is basically that's what codes for proteins. And then proteins are essentially the workers of the cell. So Mm -hmm. proteins are what make a skin cell skin cell Mm -hmm. versus, you know, a blood cell blood cell. Those are, they're kind of like uh, the insides of a cell.
0: Okay. So it's it's not modifying the DNA itself, no. but the attributes the DNA presents?
1: Exactly. It's, okay. it's, it's, um, yeah, it's changing how the DNA kind of wears its clothes. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and does, is that like, okay, this is kind of a weird question. But no. is that how like personalities work and how you change that way? Or Yeah, is it related I mean, to I, that think think or
1: no? I think, um, I mean, pretty much all of how environment changes you is, ch- is, is, Uh, Like epigenetic based so yeah, that's how um, That's how we think at least Mm -hmm. um, A lot of these changes come about Um, There are changes that happen, you know if some big environmental input comes in, you know during Development that can also change the actual How things are wired right? Mm -hmm. So uh, that's epigenetic, but it's also like kind of like a solid state like change or Um, It could change, like, the connectivity of two regions. Mm -hmm. Um, It could, like, lessen that connectivity or it could make it super connected. Mm -hmm. And then that's, like, kind of something that happened during development. And Mm -hmm. maybe it's not continuously happening, Mm -hmm. but those changes stick around.
0: And um, how malleable, because, like, people, there's this kind of old adage of people don't change, that sort of thing. But how malleable are brains, actually? I
1: mean, I think they're super malleable. I, I am of the camp that, like... Um, we don't understand how the brain works. <laughs> sure, <laughs> uh, as someone Which who's is yeah a good I think a good
0: position for you as a scientist. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: there are so many questions to ask and yeah. so many more to answer. Um, and so I think there are abilities that our brain has that we can understand. I mean, you see it in people who, who you know they have strokes and mm-hmm. they you know lose some kind of ability and then they gain it back. And mm-hmm. basically, the outcome is like you're not going to be able to do that again but somehow the brain finds a way sure and like as scientists a lot of what we do we're like we don't know why that happens let's figure out Mm -hmm. why that happens so then we can actually Mm
0: -hmm. make
1: it happen everyone but yeah so i think the brain's super malleable i mean your brain is constantly regenerating itself even into um old age so we typically think brain cells as um
0: Brain cells, brain cells, buy the brain store, yeah.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Brain cell, cell, cell. (laughs) Um, uh, Buy. But uh, we think of them as uh, post-mitotic. That is, they're like all the brain cells that you grow when you're developing, boom, then you have your brain. And they're post-mitotic. They are not dividing. So say blood. So Mm -hmm. if you lose a ton of blood, your body's going to make more of it. Yeah. Unless you can't keep up, Th- mm-hmm. then you got to have a transfusion. Good. But your, your your body's still going to create more and more blood. Yeah. Um, but areas of our brain don't really get that, except for the hippocampus. In the hippocampus, you have basically these cells that can create more cells. Mm-hmm. And that's just one brain region. But that brain region is really important because mm-hmm. it's the brain region that's responsible for memory. Sure. So, OK.
0: So you're yeah. constantly upgrading your memory. But yeah. Like, OK. That's and, you know, and that makes sense.
1: Yeah. When you're younger, you're like really upgrading it. You're like, yeah. boom, 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 boom. And then when you get older, it's more of a slow process, but mm-hmm. it's it's still there. Uh, we normally call that brain plasticity. Yes. Yes.
0: That I have heard of. Yeah. Um, so oh, you said something and now I can't remember. Oh, sorry. Ironic. <laughs> um, <laughs> would, uh, did you always, were you always into science? Um, yeah. That was the goal from the beginning?
1: Um, I remember well let's let's go way back let's go way back mm-hmm. my first because this is my pediatrician growing up I guess would uh, write down all things about you know all my like actual like my blood pressure and stuff like that but she yeah, would yeah. also write down she would ask me what do you want to be when you grow up and I guess mm-hmm. she would write that in my file and that's cute that is really cute but for like two years that uh, I wanted to be a cat Okay. So I think that was the ultimate goal. The first thing I wanted to be
0: <laughs> was a cat.
1: Was a cat, and you know, <laughs> thinking about it now, I would love to be a cat.
0: Yeah. yeah. Everybody wants to be a cat.
1: I mean, the yes, the the
0: cat. Cat. <laughs> they know where it's at.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You Get to sit around all day. Uh, <laughs> you get food given to you. Uh, you can like just be a bitch and no one cares. <laughs> you could just be like, no, nah, actually, I'm not paying attention to you today. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but then. After that, after a cat, I moved on to paleontologist, and I was very into dinosaurs. Same, growing up oh, all yeah. What's your favorite? Um, I like the brontosaurus, mm-hmm. and the brontosaurus, I believe, is no longer dinosaur.
0: Yeah, because isn't aren't brontosaurus and brachiosaurus the same? And they yeah. just recategorize them. Yeah. Yes, okay. exactly.
1: But and I always think that's really funny that yeah. like brontosaurus is no longer, and, it, doubly like, extinct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like someone was just like putting. Uh, bones together incorrectly And they were like, oh, here's a dinosaur Is there a tibia in the neck? I don't understand Yeah, exactly So yeah. I love dinosaurs And uh, I wanted to be a paleontologist And then Yeah, I think I I, I Pretty quickly, I luckily I had Teachers early on Who really encouraged me In science mm-hmm. um, Which I don't think is this the story for a a lot of women Mm -hmm. but I luckily had some teachers that pulled me aside and was like like uh, I I think you have future in this because I would Mm -hmm. do a lot of you know I was very growing up uh, I was very concerned with my grades it was like I would obsess over them Mm -hmm. and I was very school-minded and it was like all I cared about I would like my parents uh, used to say used to um, threaten me with punishment by saying they would take away my biology book because I that was like the ultimate punishment uh-huh. like that I have to study yeah. like I cared my parents could care less about my grades I was like yeah I have to study so um hmm. but luckily okay. science was something that like I think actually I maybe found a little challenging and then mm-hmm. I just threw myself into it that much more okay because I was I probably had Uh, a little bit of obsession (laughs) over perfection, Uh,
0: but, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's also, like, I think a lot of kids and young people in general don't realize, like, being challenged is the ultimate, like, that's the, like, when things are 80% challenging, but you're just good enough, where you're like, oh, no, I'm actively learning, that's it. Right. the sweet spot. You just brought up yourself, which was, like, there aren't a lot of women in science. Yeah. Um... So that's really great that your your teachers that were encouraging that way. Yeah, wow.
1: I I think it was I actually and and I did definitely face it. I remember um, in high school was when I was really pushed. I remember I had a uh, I took AP Bio, which is you know something it's like you know an, an excellent show
0: on Hulu. You can yes, watch.
1: exactly. I took that mm-hmm. uh, um, and uh, my teacher. Who was kind of a weirdo, but he <laughs> did pull me aside and was like, I think you're really good at this. And mm-hmm. I think, and like, let me do like, I was in like science B, like, you would like take science tests and mm-hmm. compete with people. <laughs> I don't know. It was really, really, I didn't have much of a social life but that in high fun. school. Yeah. Um,
0: you're certainly making up for now. Yeah, sure.
1: Um, and then, I, so he really encouraged me. But then I was went into chemistry and I had a teacher who, could not, I think, I think what, she was a woman, but I think she, like, had internalized misogyny where she, Mm -hmm. like, couldn't understand that I was good at it. Sure. She, like, pulled me aside after her first exam, I remember, and she was like, do you know that you got the highest grade in the class? And I was like, oh, okay. Mm
0: -hmm. And then she was
1: like, she was essentially, like, being like, did you cheat? Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. And I was like, obviously not, because... All these motherfuckers <laughs> did worse than me. So, like, how could I cheat? Yeah. Uh, For well, you,
0: madam, I suggest a logic class. Thank yeah, you.
1: exactly. Uh, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but she was, like, very perplexed. And, like, I remember it really upset me because I was mm-hmm. like, it was one of my first female science teachers. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> You're supposed <laughs> to be supporting me. Yeah. But, you know, you get that. Yeah. But I didn't let it. Deter me and then, like, all during it, obviously, I'm a comedian, also. Mm-hmm. So, like, all during it, I was also performing.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's good that you picked the two professions that there's just they're so welcoming to women, yeah. <laughs> Both of them are, it's you like, know, Oof, boy, double AM,
1: yeah, exactly. Maybe, you know, uh,
0: how'd you start stand up though?
1: Stand up came a bit later, so I performed like, did a lot of plays and musicals as mm-hmm. one does, and yeah. then, um. In college, even, I was doing a lot of theater, and I just noticed, uh, sorry, I bumped it. Uh, <laughs> I noticed I was being cast in a lot of comedic roles,
0: mm-hmm. and I remember
1: being, like, annoyed by that. I was like, I can be serious. <laughs> but, you know, always getting, like, the funny sidekick, never yeah. the never the titular, like, yeah. dramatic role. Um, but then, actually, what happened was I moved to the city to start teching in a neuroscience lab. Uh-huh. And... Uh, I remember specifically, I had a list on my phone of everyone I knew in New York City, Mm -hmm. meaning like I didn't have any friends. (laughs) (laughs) And I was, it like really, rocked me for a while i was like i have no friends i have nothing to do so that's when i signed up for a ucb improv class sure so i essentially got into comedy to make friends
0: originally
1: that makes sense <laughs> and i remember taking my first one-on-one course and i was like i'm not gonna be friends with any of these people because <laughs> uh, like everyone in one-on-one is like corporate banker like just yeah. taking it
0: to try and get better at public speaking, yeah. less nervous. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that makes it. That's really good though, because like that's the same reason I started acting. Is, like, oh yeah. I was lonely as a kid, and I was just like, uh, "This seems fun." And right. Like, there's also like, this sense to, there's forced interaction. You have to work together. Yes,
1: and I feel like it's an open environment too. Mm-hmm. Like I felt in the theater community, I I felt like I was welcomed a lot more than I was. Yeah, in other
0: communities. Yeah. It's like an island of misfits toys. <laughs> exactly. There. Like, there,
1: yeah, and 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 it's almost celebrated if you're like kind of a little bizarre or this or that. It's yeah. like, oh, that's cool. That's like a unique trait you have, and it's like, wow. Yeah, I can admit that my comedy and the videos I do are campy, but I I think campiness can be relatable and like it's not. Mm-hmm. It's it's accessible.
0: Mm-hmm. I would say they were they're fun. I wouldn't necessarily because yeah. campy kind of has this negative but they're very fun and oh, light. Thank you.
1: Yeah, that's what I like. I don't want people to be like, I want people just to be learning and having fun and mm-hmm. be entertained because that's the point of my videos is yeah. maybe someone who didn't think about learning about the brain just learns like a little bit, maybe just mm-hmm. like learns a word about the brain. Sure, um, that's yeah. my
0: hope. Um, my my thought process for all the sets I've been putting. In order to be funny, one first must be fun.
1: Yeah. And that's
0: kind of the the thing. But how'd you start doing those videos? How do those come about? And like what are they for people who don't know?
1: Yes. So I uh host and write a series called Your Brain on Blank. Um and it's a Facebook watch series, uh, produced by Inverse Media. They're mm-hmm. like They're basically a, like, kind of a media company that does a lot of science and, Mm -hmm. like, uh, sci-fi and stuff like that. Cool. Um, So, basically, I did one. They had another series called Big Ideas with Little Kids, which was um, basically a scientist explaining a really big idea to little kids, which was very fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, I talked about DNA, Mm -hmm. um, but they had people talking about string theory, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, all these scientists having to really, like, get down to the dirt of what it was. Um, that series was, I don't think, it wasn't picked up for, like, a, another season, but we had so much fun doing my episode that we were like, oh, let's let's see what else we can do together. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, I knew a couple of the uh, people who worked there. Uh, they were comedians in the community, too. Mm-hmm. So um, then it started with just that one video of, like, oh, why don't I get drunk and talk about what's <laughs> happening to my brain? And yeah. then... Um, and then it just like that one really blew up, so we we're like, yeah. let's let's do some more.
0: That's great. Yeah, yeah I really like the one about puppies because I love yes. Dogs. that. Yes, well, that must have been such a chore.
1: It, oh yeah, it was so hard for me. <laughs> um, that one was wild because we were at a shelter and mm-hmm. um, and the. And the, the people were so amazing there, but we only had a very small window. Yeah. And it we were just like, and the puppies were like everywhere. Yeah. And they were like, Shannon, could you hold all three of the puppies at the same time? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> uh, we have a kitten one that's coming out next oh, week. Oh, that's very good. That will be fun too, because also same thing with the kittens. I was like, ah, they're all, I can't <laughs> hold them all, but I'm trying to, but they're so fun. And um, I'm really happy to be doing, because that's, because I think I, you know, I love comedy so much. And I love being able to infuse comedy into like something that is also I think interesting and like someone's going to learn something from it. That's like Mm -hmm. a lot of when I think about my standup, I'm like, even if my humor isn't someone's humor, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that they maybe learn something in the stand-up set or something like that. Which absolutely, is yeah. kind of like a nerdy way to come at stand-up. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, that absolutely makes sense. And that's kind of, that's how I approach it as well because, yeah. like, I talk about mental health a lot and, right, it, and yeah, it's something you. that it's like, well, look, I because most people don't know any of this terminology, so I have yeah. to explain it in order for the joke to land. Right. So it's like, okay, and also you can, if you can, if you can be funny and thoughtful at the same time, do it. Like I don't right. understand why I why you would do anything else.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think people I, I I love I love your sense oh, that I've you. seen. And I think it's so important because yeah, I mean, people are there to be entertained but they're also like maybe they'll hear something or connect with something that they mm-hmm. haven't heard in a stand up set before and yeah. something like that, which is I think really awesome
0: yeah I think so like I mean that's the like because you want something new anyway yeah and, like, you want that's why I really like the stuff that goes on in the caveat like because yeah. there's not a there's not a venue like that in New York which right. is incredible because yeah. like there there's so many venues in New right, York right
1: <laughs> I know yeah yeah it's so. really incredible there too because what I find is that sometimes I'm just learning I'm like relatively new to stand up. Stand up I started maybe a year ago. Yeah, did you do
0: that um seminar that with Kyle or no?
1: I never did that. Okay. No. But I basically did a lot of improv and then I was writing uh, characters and comedic plays for like the past 3 years and mm-hmm. then I was like I should just do stand up so I have something to do on my own cuz a lot of my like plays it takes so many people to do and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I started doing stand up and I found that like the set I'll do at Caveat and it'll be really great. I'll then try to do it at like a different place. And yeah. they're just like, w- you know, where's the jokes You're, about fucking dudes? Yeah. And it's like, you, you know. expect me to learn <laughs> five beers in. What are you doing? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah,
0: I absolutely agree. And that's why it's my favorite. Like, I, it's my favorite place to perform because there's yeah. a certain level of like, it sounds rude <laughs> to everybody else, but there's a certain level of intelligence that's yeah. there where you can yeah, yeah. like riff on
1: yeah or openness to it too. Yeah. yeah.
0: um did you start off doing caveat of the ob- uh, do- doing the open mics or did you just get booked on the show? Um I
1: actually started doing the I when I started doing open mics, I did it very um, uh, gently. I yes. went to um and I still go to the sup mic at um, Creek in the cave, okay, which is an all female uh, gender nonconforming. Um, LBGTQ uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: open mic so mm-hmm. basically like no cis men are yeah. allowed I mean they're allowed to watch but they can't be in the mic yeah. and it's it's kind of like caveat they actually do a show at caveat um, but it's just like a very like nurturing kind of environment mm-hmm. And, yeah, same thing, like, jokes that work there. I'll take in front of a, an audience that's maybe, like, mostly male. And I'm like, this, this, this doesn't work for them. Yeah. <laughs> which, which
0: I think is actually really important, though. Of like, yeah. Because, like you're saying about, like, stand-up being part of education. Yeah. Of, like, that's why I think there should be more, and like, by its nature, um, comedies and Socially transgressive Yeah So it should yeah. be people Who aren't like the norm Quote right. unquote Yeah And it's a good way To go Well Like I've learned more About what it's like Being a woman From stand-up comedians right. Than like In my daily life And so like That's important And yeah. same with like Being of uh, another race Besides white And that sort right. of thing Of like You you, you gotta you gotta yeah. do that and bring that to you and it's so important too. It's just hard when you're dying in front of a bunch of men. Yeah. But keep tuck that in the back. Like you're learning something, motherfuckers. Right.
1: Exactly. I think that's I think that's such a great point. I was recently watching uh, Michelle Wolf's special, sure. Um, with uh, her HBO special with my boyfriend, and she just mm-hmm. like had this whole like thing like riff about um, like being not wanting to be uh, a mom because like you're supposed to have it all and like all but like in having it all people are going to like be pulling you in so many directions and she did it in such a funny Mm -hmm. great accessible way and like my boyfriend afterwards like that's really like i feel like he never got what it meant by like women being pulled in all these different directions Mm -hmm. until he heard it and like i mean he's a very smart Mm -hmm. woke person (laughs) but still like it it just shows that like how comedy can teach you and like be so important for Mm -hmm. expressing those thoughts and
0: yeah because i think it's the first line of defense of empathy it's laughing with someone yeah and then you can go oh now i understand them a little bit more and then i can take that and move forward and that's one of the reasons i think it's like the what I do, what I do, and why I think it's important that you do what you do. Yeah. And like it's, because comedy is as mu- as frivolous as it is. It's that fr- like you can sneak you can sneak yeah. things in because exactly. people will want to laugh no matter what.
1: Right. And well, once they're on board with you, it's mm-hmm. like you can really yeah yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. Yeah, I think in my mind, female comics were doing stuff like that. Like even Ali Wong's new special, mm-hmm. just like all the stuff about childbirth and things like mm-hmm. that. I'm like. She has everyone on her, on her, on her page and she can say, she can really tell it all and I just like, I love that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think it's really good. I think, like, Maria Bamford's really good that one yeah, too. It's like, that, that too. double-edged of, like, both mental health and being a woman. And, like, yeah. also being so weird. <laughs> it's so weird and, and so, so funny. funny. Yeah, and same with, like, uh, Rhea Butcher and Cameron Esposito. Yeah. Like, they're, like, really out there. And it's, like, some people, mostly I've noted, it's it's cis men that are, like, cis white men, mostly, yeah. too. Of, like, I don't like when people are pointed in their comedy. Like, yeah. one of my friends doesn't like Hari, um... Conobolo's yeah, stuff because yeah. it is like about being South Asian in America right, right, and I'm right. like well then it's not for you but also right. you should watch it and not like it but learn something
1: right exactly and
0: it's it's just like a little bit of sugar with this medicine come right. on like, like
1: yeah if I think for comedy be really good like you need you need to be talking about yourself it's yeah. just, it's like a, it's a form of storytelling mm-hmm. um, like you can have joke 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 Put, put jokes on Twitter, but, like, <laughs> you're, I think stand-up should have a lot of you in it.
0: Um, how did you end up here? Are You you went to school upstate? Were, are you from yeah. the area?
1: I'm from Jersey. Oh, okay. Um, and then I came to New York after, essentially, to start working in a lab. Yeah. What do you um, do there? So, originally, when I was working in the lab, I was, um, before I started my PhD program, I was just... I was, like, the microscope manager uh, in a lab. And I was also a technician, which means, like, you he essentially helped the main PI, like, do all his projects. And it's P. a uh, principal investigator.
0: Okay, so it is, like, Magnum PI. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes,
1: yes, yes. Um, and um, so that was fun. I did that for two years. But I knew I wanted to go to grad school because – I think because I have this personality that – That like again, like going back to my childhood of like, oh my god, I need to do everything the best and like be the best at everything I do, and so probably it was a little compulsive in me like having if I'm doing neuroscience, then I like need to have a PhD in neuroscience, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. Um, which now is uh, I don't regret it, (laughs) but it's the program is long. I'm at the end of my fourth year, and I probably still have a year and a half to go. Yeah, that's.
0: That's too long.
1: I know. And it's hard because, like, now I don't really plan on going into science. I want to, like, continue to do comedy and Mm -hmm. if not just comedy, like, somehow bringing in the neuroscience and, like, working on shows similar Mm -hmm. to, like, Your Brain on Blank and... Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, things of that nature which i guess i needed a phd to do but like did i really need a phd to do it (laughs) but i'm not gonna quit now yeah
0: yeah Um, specifically if you're like only like a year left exactly yeah
1: yeah. i mean it's the worst year because it's dissertation preparation but you know that sounds
0: like a bad amalgamation
1: yeah (laughs) yeah
0: talking a little bit a little bit more seriously Mm -hmm. um it sounds like you kind of have like a an anxious sort of Obsessive, yeah. Personality, sure. And when did that start happening? And, oh, always. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, and um, do you uh, do you classify yourself as someone who is like an anxiety disorder? Yeah. Or what's going on there.
1: I um definitely um I've always been anxious, but I probably didn't fully like I didn't first go to a therapist or a psychiatrist till I hit college. Sure. But I was definitely having panic attacks well before that just Mm -hmm. you know in growing up in jersey an italian family a panic attack i mean it's much like the sopranos if (laughs) if you watch it like tony has panic attacks and they just call them episodes like they get upset uh they pass out you know uh but um yeah definitely i realize it more and more when i think about growing up and i had so many fears Mm -hmm. like not everyone has a panicked fear of water growing up but like I was so afraid of water I was like I couldn't put my feet in it um I my parents god bless them they put me in uh swim classes at the YMCA for seven years because they were so nervous I would fall into a pool or something and not know how to save myself Mm -hmm. so every day or every week they would take me to the YMCA I would go to the pool area I would sit like four feet away, and scream at the water. And then they'd pick me up 40 minutes. Those poor instructors. Oh, my God. Just until, basically, they did it until I could get into the water.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, with, I never really learned how to swim, but I could doggy paddle. Yeah. And then that took.
0: You, to tread.
1: Yes. Yeah. And then they were like, okay, good.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I and mean, they were going to be a world star swimmer, but. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, there are little things like that. <laughs> that yeah, sure. I now pull out from my past, and probably my first panic attacks happened like um when i was in high school yeah and those a lot of times surrounded school sure because i think that's what i latched on to that's the only thing i felt was important like thank goodness i had performing
0: mm-hmm. and
1: things like that as an outlet but for me it was all about grades and like doing the best and getting into the best college and i don't even know why like my normally people's parents put pressure on them like that but my parents were like do whatever be happy please just (laughs) be happy uh but i was i was not able to do that um and uh so i i remember my first like uh like bit of panic attacks happened when i was applying to colleges I remember applying to 16 colleges, I think. Wow. (laughs) Because I was worried I wasn't going to get into one. (laughs)
0: Uh
1: (laughs) Uh-huh. And then as they were...
0: Uh, I did the opposite I only yeah. applied to one And then I had a panic attack And then oh, I had no. to find other schools Oh no <laughs> So Nice yin and yang Yeah you nice
1: But both with panic You know yeah. Different approaches to it
0: Yeah absolutely. <laughs> Yeah.
1: I'm not I'm, I'm not I'm just not gonna deal with that
0: Right And exactly. I think it's very like I, Maybe Maybe this is incorrect But it seems there are stereotypical Like gender norms Yeah Where I'm like I'm, I'm not gonna deal with that And right. I'm going, I'm over preparing
1: Exactly yeah. Like I'm just gonna do it over Yeah <laughs> Overboard Please please uh, please (laughs) Yeah, something, please. Uh, Yeah, convinced I wouldn't get anywhere. Oh, that's so Um, so sad. But I did, obviously. um, And uh, that was great. But then I started college, and that was fine. I started dealing with some social anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, And then I first started seeing a therapist regularly in college because college is this magical place where – that mental health is free
0: (laughs) yeah which is nice
1: which is incredible so i started having panic attacks and kind of like recognizing them as panic attacks because Mm -hmm. i think because i was surrounded by other people who dealt with mental health and like actually dealt with it yeah and i was like oh i think i'm anxious (laughs) i think this is a panic attack i remember like uh once like being in a grocery store and just like being frozen at the front of the grocery store like i was with like the people who I lived with, and I was just, like, you know, that typical, like, frozen, like, I can't, I can't go in there. I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm going to buy, and so, like, I can't go in yeah. there, and, like, if I buy the wrong type of lettuce, my life is going to fall apart. Yeah. You know, that kind of, like, snowballing and mm-hmm. and being, like, I think I should go talk to someone <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> I have to feed myself. <laughs> I have to get in that grocery store. Um and so that's when I first started going to therapy. And I started going to group therapy also for my social anxiety, which was really great. Yeah. Um, you would think it's counterintuitive to go to group therapy for social anxiety because we were all socially anxious, but in different ways. Yeah. Like my social anxiety was never like I could go to like a party fine, but mm-hmm. then I would think about that party and, like, get depressed about the party and, like, snowball every conversation and then, like, wouldn't be able to talk to a person again because I was, like, they hate me. Yeah. Even though, like, all that happened was I was, like, excuse me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I I can understand that.
1: I think this is similar for scientists, or at least me, um, and Mm -hmm. um, comedians are kind of in a similar way, like, comedians talk about themselves because they're like trying to work something out or they're interested in themselves and like Mm -hmm. neuroscientists i think sometimes study themselves because they're interested in themselves like my mice right now are on (laughs) and i'm feeding my mice antidepressants right now Mm -hmm. and i'm not on that antidepressant anymore but they're on the same one i was was like Mm -hmm. my mice and i are (laughs) <laughs> so, an antidepressant um, Which was just like funny to me Because it's like mm-hmm. yeah I'm figuring out What that antidepressant does to that mouse's Mind and mm-hmm. like meanwhile I'm trying to figure out you know If my own is working and yeah. stuff like that
0: Yeah um, What This mouse is named Shannon, Shannon yeah. 2 and then Lenny so, Right um, <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> My children. <laughs>
0: yes, my small mice children. <laughs> yeah, all mice children. There yes. it is.
1: Yes. Ugh.
0: Um, so <laughs> all mice
1: children, as sand through the hourglass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you were on antidepressants for a while, then. Yes, I was. Um, I'm not currently on them, but I was for about a year and a half, mm-hmm. and they really, um, I, I, they were great for me. Yeah, they Good. came at a time that like, I like knew. I was at like my lowest of lows mm-hmm. um it was probably about hmm i want to say three and a half years ago sure and uh i had just gone through a, a major breakup it was probably like my first like real adult relationship Mm-hmm. and it was like a year and a half long and then it ended and i was in a really low place i it partly ended because my anxiety was so bad yeah And I was having panic attacks so often. And I, I mean, that's a lot for, in a relationship, it's a lot to deal with someone who's having a panic attack, especially if you're dealing, say, like, like, you have your own life to deal with. And then a partner's like having a panic attack. Yeah. You know, relatively a lot. (laughs) Yeah,
0: like, it is, it's really difficult, and, like, every person I've ever been with, I'm like, thank God that you're willing to put up with me.
1: Right, yeah.
0: And they're like, oh, I'm not putting up with you. I'm like, at certain points you are, because I know my behavior's not ideal. Right, yeah. Because I'm scared, or I'm in a bad mood. Right. That's always bad, like, and it's also kind of funny of, like, Specifically, people with bipolar disorder tend to gravitate towards each other because yeah. like, they think in a similar way. Right, sure. And then you get this awful like back and forth, of, or like, ooh, if you're anxious, like, oh, I'm anxious. We're all anxious. We're all anxious right. like, in this.
1: And feeding panic. off of each other. Yeah. But I think that's a thing that people who s- suffer from depression, like I do, I, mm-hmm. I tend to gravitate towards people who also suffer t- from depression because it's like, you get that. Yeah. But then there could be times when, like, yeah, if you're low mm-hmm. and the other person's low.
0: It's, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. Um, absolutely, that makes sense. But what is also really cool about the thing you said is, like, a lot of people think of, like, antidepressants specifically as kind of like a sentence. Of, yeah, like, sure. Whereas, like, you were feeling bad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You took medicine to make yourself feel better. Yeah. And then now you don't need it anymore because right. c- circumstances are different. Right. Well, you kind of get into, like, that's hard. That's really great, but it's also, like, difficult for other people to process of like if you cure someone like me who has like bipolar disorder and are on medication you mm. need to like kind of stick to it sure. because otherwise it can make things worse right. and it's a more severe case but yeah. it's really like I take Xanax when I get anxious right? and it's just as needed and that's as far as it goes you know right. like yeah. uh, which I think is fantastic that right. we have this medicine like Yes. do
1: have you yeah, same thing I have my Valium that I take that mm-hmm. I know and like the thing about me like I think there was a time I was using my Valium a little bit too much, but sure. it was it was when I needed to be on my antidepressant. And like once mm-hmm. I started on my antidepressant, then I was actually using my Valium as needed. Yeah, it was like a problem where I like I always needed Valium because yeah. like I needed to I needed to go on antidepressants and actually feel mm-hmm. like a I could handle my life. Mm-hmm. And like I I like switched something, but I don't I I don't know. And we don't know the science behind it of like really how it works that's kind of the wild things about antidepressants is like we know it's a serotonin uh, reuptake inhibitor so like you have serotonin in your brain and you have um essentially uh so serotonin gets spit out by cells and then um the other uh cell catches those that serotonin its receptors and that's um part of like your motivation state it's uh it's a feel-good state Mm-hmm. Um, so what a reuptake inhibitor does is normally it, like, hangs out in this cleft between the two cells. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, doing so much with my hands and no <laughs> one can see it. <laughs> I uh, can
0: and it's helping me. Yeah.
1: So it normally hangs out in this cleft, the serotonin.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but it gets uh, reuptaken by mm-hmm. these reuptake <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the
0: reuptaker coming fall <laughs> on CBS <laughs> yeah
1: which then um, so it's normal no longer stimulating the serotonin is mm-hmm. no longer stimulating because it was sucked up back back up by the cell okay so what a reuptake inhibitor does is it kind of puts a block on that that um, um, like, thing that's going to vacuum up the serotonin Mm -hmm. from the cleft. Mm -hmm. So what it allows is that serotonin to kind of hang out longer. So it only takes, like, one firing for that serotonin to kind of sit around. Mm -hmm. And so that other cell is kind of receiving a lot of serotonin Mm -hmm. because it's just there a little bit longer, Mm -hmm. which allows um, for kind of, like, you know. But that's how it works. That's how inhibitors work. Yeah. But how it actually helps with depression It's probably not that. (laughs) Okay. There's, like, a lot of downstream things that happen um, because of that. There's genes that get turned on because that inhibitor Mm -hmm. is kind of being blocked. Sure. um, That don't have to do with the serotonin. It actually has to do with. Um, probably, like, neurogenesis and um, Mm -hmm. proliferation. So, like...
0: Two words, I don't know. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So, the cells are kind of growing. Okay. So, it helps, like, stimulate the cell growth. Okay. um, And, like, create new connections in the brain, Mm -hmm. which is not actually due... Well, it's kind of due to the inhibitor, but not really. It's like a byproduct? It's like a byproduct, and that's probably what is helping with depression because Mm -hmm. the inhibitor part happens immediately Mm -hmm. uh, when you start taking the medication. Yes. But we know that it actually takes like two weeks for antidepressants to kick in. Yeah. So that's part of the idea is that it takes a while for all of this kind of changes in the brain to slowly happen and Mm -hmm. for like more to be like a global thing that's going on rather than just like right there at the synapse.
0: Yeah that makes sense and, and hopefully
1: that was not too confusing for I, everyone
0: I, I don't think so okay good <laughs> and then also like from my understanding like a lot of um <clears throat> a lot of like mental illness is like what it feel what the way it's been described is like a light switch yeah you have the switch there in your DNA and mm-hmm. then what habits around you or what substances you expose yourself to flip that switch on and off which makes sense with what you're saying of like right. you have just like you have the ability to be depressed you have the ability to be more neurotypical. Yeah. And then you're just taking a substance that allows that to happen more often.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's like, um yeah, I I like to think of it I think okay, I think this is like really beautiful thing that my mom once told me. Yeah. Um was that her doctor told her, which is really amazing and she's like, listen, at the end of your life no one's gonna be like, Good job, you did it without medication. Yeah. Like, there's no, it's like, why wouldn't you want to feel good? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard because I've been in that place where you're, like, struggling with it. But I think that was a real, like, eye-opening experience Mm -hmm. for me.
0: I recently changed my stance on medication because, like, I don't have, I'm not on anything for the... Um, bipolar disorder Mm. but it is like I'm like in between that like psychothymic and bipolar 2 so Mm -hmm. it's like it's really manageable right and I don't want to mess with my brain chemistry and like cause a full manic episode because then I have to go to a hospital and I don't have insurance so yeah 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 but um all that but it is also uh, recently I found I was prescribed like Xanax for anxiety and Mm -hmm. then I was like I'm having a really bad day yeah I'm really, really mad and I took it and I'm like, oh, this helps so much. Yeah, yeah. I get, and then I was at work that day and then like I took on one the next day again at work when I was just feeling anxious because I work at a I'm a server and all the people come down, Mm. sit at once because it's a music venue. Oh,
1: wow, yeah.
0: But it was just one of the things of like, oh, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm dying. Right. For the first time at this job I don't feel like I'm going to die. Right. I had no idea.
1: Yeah.
0: I was like, oh, okay, I can see what the fuss is about. Right, (laughs) yeah. Which was nice, and I kind of switched, because, like, and I think it's also, like, an as-needed thing. It's like some people don't, and that's fine, but some people do, and that's fine. And, like, I also think you're right. No one's going to go, wow, you really powered through your life Right, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, and the thing with, like, if I did go off my medication, it was a decision I made with my psychiatrist, and Mm -hmm. I think that's so important is, like, making those decisions, like, with... Because, like, w- mm-hmm. we made it together. We decided that it was okay if I went... I was having a lot of... What happened was I was having a lot of side effects. Sure. And um, and the side effects were impeding with my life. And that doesn't mm-hmm. happen for everyone. I've, I've talked to many people who are on the same medication that I was on, and they don't have the same issues. Like, mine were basically, like, I couldn't get up in the morning. It was mm-hmm. really, really difficult for me to wake up. And, like, it mm-hmm. was almost like... It wasn't just, like, hard. It was, like, I couldn't really, like... Like my boyfriend would have to be like, like, yeah. <laughs> like I just like was in a dream like state kind mm-hmm. of the first hour of the day, and then I was fine afterwards. Yeah. Um, and that that side effect didn't really kick in until like a year into it. Sure. Um, and so I was like, well, let me sh- let me try being off of it. She was like, either we can switch to a different one Mm -hmm. or we can try being off it because now you're in a very different place in your life. Yeah. And I had a lot of different support systems Mm -hmm. that were in place that weren't in place when I went on the um, antidepressant. And, um, and so we went off it and it was, it was a little bit difficult in the beginning. And like, yeah, it's not, it's a little bit more difficult than it was when I was on the medication. You know, Mm -hmm. I have more panic attacks Mm -hmm. they're not as much as they were when i was at my worst Mm -hmm. but i do think i have this knowledge that i'll be i'll know if i have to go back on them yeah and i'm not against it because i know i know i'm like i'm still me i'm just as productive if not more productive Mm -hmm. and 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 i just like feel better
0: yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah and i think specifically a lot of like artists have this hang up of like I'm not me if right. I'm on something, or like uh, the reverse of like if they're an alcoholic, they're like I'm. This is who I am. Right. Sure. Like, sure. W- will my art change? Will I change? Right. And it's like, hey, it turns out a personality is greater than like chemicals yeah. you pump into your body.
1: Exactly. It's
0: like your personality is what you believe in. Right. And how you express yourself.
1: Right. And it's it's like it, I wasn't like writing more jokes when I was. If anything, I was like so focused on my interaction with the barista, I couldn't mm-hmm. see. You know another interaction happening in the world that like i could maybe write about or something like that there's Mm -hmm. there's so much there and it's it is hard and i understand it's like incredibly hard we have a healthcare system also that's really difficult to get into therapy like right now i am not seeing a talk therapist i have my psychiatrist because luckily my psychiatrist is fully covered by um my health insurance Mm um i've tried doing talk therapy with my psychiatrist but Psychiatrists are not for talk therapy. No, I went to the. I went to this like, um, uh, kind of like she's like from Italy, older woman. Mm-hmm. I like, I really appreciate her. But <laughs> I was talking about my mom, and I was just like, oh, I just like I'm worried that my parents are upset with me. Blah 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 blah. She was like, wait, how old are you? Oh, I can't do an Italian yeah. accent, but like, how old are you? And I was like, um, twenty eight. And she's like, maybe. Don't care what your parents think? <laughs> and I was like, okay, honey. We're not going to. Like, God there's no
0: copay. Come yeah, on.
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, if I could not think, what, think about what my parents thought, I wouldn't need any of this.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Every experience I've had with a psychiatrist has been very... Fine from like a doctor's perspective, yeah. like they know generally. Yeah. Actually, want the one interaction was terrible. Oh yeah, but, sure. Because they just prescribed me the wrong medication, uh, even though I told them like, hey, I'm on the bipolar spectrum. She's like, we'll see. Take this, and we'll like. And I'm like, look, I have a family history, and right. she's like, we'll see. And then like, I didn't react well to the antidepressant she gave me, oh, and she's like, oh well, that makes sense. Then I'm like, well, then what? You can't yeah. do that to me. The last month I've been miserable, anyway. Um, yeah. But like, generally, they're like they're doctors. Yeah. So they don't need. To be warm
1: yeah, at all <laughs> exactly. Like that, that's not
0: part of the job Of being a doctor
1: right? Exactly.
0: Whereas like part, The whole job of being a therapist Is to being good to talk to Right, right? That's exactly the
1: that's their thing Yeah <laughs> I think And I think that also brings up a great point about That I'm learning, I'm learning As I age is that um, I used to think about as doctors As being like oh you go to them And they tell you what's wrong and whatever But mm-hmm. there's so much about Um going to doctors that you have to be an advocate for yourself yeah which really sucks but like especially like living in new york and like having health care that changes like you go to one doctor one day mm-hmm. and then you have to go to a different doctor because they all of a sudden are booked for two years it's like well i won't have this strep throat in two years so yeah. like <laughs>
0: thanks <laughs> um
1: but there's so much about like advocating for yourself of like because yeah i feel like sometimes there's bad doctors out there that will mm-hmm. just like Eh, whatever, yeah. and so much of it is like, no. Like, listen to me. I know my body much mm-hmm. be- more than you know my body. Yeah, Ten- you just met me.
0: <laughs> Turns out, I've been living it with it for a while
1: exactly, it or not. yeah. And you
0: touched on something talking about doctors a little bit, like, of, like it is kind of comforting and also very scary that so much of like antidepressant work is just kind of like guesswork. Yeah. But it is like it's all like all science is is trial and error, and yeah. the difference is like when you're a doctor, you're you are kind of a scientist, but right. the thing like the experiments you are doing are with people. people yeah. So like it's yeah.
1: like. <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah. I know, and I think there just there needs to be also more work in um, antidepressants, like the ones mm-hmm. we have. Are fine and good, but I think there's a lot of exciting research out there about like mm-hmm. better ones. I mean, for example, I mean, this isn't the best one, but ketamine being used as an antidepressant in clinical trials now, which mm-hmm. you would think ketamine is a party drug. Oh, sure. Um, But the great thing about ketamine is, um, and obviously it would be administered in a, like no one go out <laughs> Yes, yeah. and do ketamine, please. No, yeah. no, no. But
0: um, I don't think anyone who's depressed is going to go out to a party.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, administered in the right way, yeah. um, it is immediately effective. Yeah. As opposed to SSRIs, which take two weeks. It's mm-hmm. immediately, it has to do with like amporeceptors and they're not 100% sure why, but essentially it has immediate effects, and they're long-lasting with yeah. just one dose, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. And that also goes into this idea of using um, psychedelics and things of that nature nature now are getting put into like actual scientific settings. I think for a long time people had anecdotally been like, Yeah. Oh, I took LSD and like I'm now at like I now understand the world, meaning like maybe it helped with depression.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: or like it helped with PTSD or something yep. like that. And now we're fina- cl- finally being able to use it in actual like controlled clinical trials to see uh, how it's helping and like Mm -hmm. why it's helping and if we know why it's helping then like maybe not everyone wants to go on a psychedelic trip to get (laughs) over their depression but like maybe there are receptors that we can Mm -hmm. target or pathways we can target um to help give those same effects maybe without everyone having to take shrooms
0: Um, also like uh, as a neuroscientist Do you think there are truly neurotypical people Or is that just like a myth
1: Yeah I think
0: What's going on there Yeah
1: I think there's definitely I think the goal is to get everyone in Not get everyone in, But like mm-hmm. you want people to be happy And be able to like live their lives Comfortably Yeah And An but, ideal scenario <laughs> An ideal scenario And like and not a risk to themselves And a mm-hmm. risk to society right Those mm-hmm. are the goals I think of lots of jobs. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, it's so hard when we say like this is a normal mouse versus a anxious mouse because those are so arbitrary. Because, say for example, we have the reason that we're anxious and that our brains are able to get anxious has an evolutionary uh, evolutionary basis. Mm-hmm. So essentially. Say it's like multi generational um, anxiety that you inherit. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, during uh, the pregnancy, you, uh, your mother was super stressed for some reason. But say, like back in evolutionary terms, mm-hmm. she was stressed because uh, there's a lot of predators around. Yeah. So then a baby's born. That baby's maybe more anxious. Mm-hmm. But that's actually a benefit. For that baby, because the mom was experiencing so many predators, maybe Mm. it's a dangerous environment. Yeah, so it's beneficial for that baby to be anxious. Yeah. So there's an evolutionary basis to all these things that Mm -hmm. happen to us, but now we live in the society that, (laughs) like, like I mean, at least here, like for a lot of people, we don't have to be. We don't have like big uh predators coming at us yeah like here in new york city at least um but uh
0: called the mob but yeah
1: yeah 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 yeah. um so it's it's being able to like get everyone so like even though it was maybe adaptive
0: Mm -hmm. it's now maybe
1: maladaptive in this environment um so how to get people on a page that is best for them
0: yeah What's interesting as well, like, specifically, like, because I've done a lot of reading up of, like, bipolar disorders, yeah. like, it, it, it's genes seem to be passed on when they are rewarded. Yeah. And so, like, a lot of rich people have that disorder because mm. they're eccentric and they take investment risks yeah. when they're manic. And then they're, right. they kind of just are left alone when they're depressed. And so there's, right. like, it's. If you're a a millionaire, it's perfectly acceptable to have that. Like, no one thinks anything of it.
1: Right, sure.
0: Whereas, like, if you're poor, you immediately get shot because you're holding a pipe, it turns out. Right, right,
1: right, 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 right.
0: And so it's interesting to see how, like, how it is evolutionary. And, like, also we have just started kind of, from my understanding, like, um, going through like generational trauma yeah. And that sort of thing and how yeah. that's passed down Exactly And like it makes absolute sense that someone would be anxious If during the pregnancy like that Your mother was stressed And probably is why I'm anxious Because right. my sure. mom had a lupus flare up when oh, right. yeah So like that absolutely makes sense and Right. That sort of thing of like I think there's A really interesting nature nurture thing Because yeah. it is both And I feel like there are people who are like Well it's mental illness nature and like it's both
1: it's, it's got to be. It's got to be both. Yeah. I think yeah, 100%. And there's so much and that oops. Br- that brings up the whole idea of There's so much we're just learning about the immune system mm-hmm. and how the immune system interacts with the brain. Like sure. you were saying with your mother and then mm-hmm. the lupus flare up like yeah, that's a whole immune thing that mm-hmm. it affects the brain and like maybe like 10 years ago, we didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. We thought of the systems as like totally separate. Yeah. So it just shows like how much we need to learn. Yeah. Right.
0: That absolutely makes sense. And, um, yeah. Now here's a kind of a weird question. It's like, yeah. how do you tell when a mouse isn't anxious?
1: Yeah. Okay. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're
0: all, they're all scared to die. Right,
1: exactly. I mean, they should be anxious. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> once they see me, <laughs> I probably have the smell of death on me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, we, we have a lot of tools that we use. So, because we have to be, like, try not to be biased, we have, like, for example, um, a tool I talk about, which is, like, the anxiety test, or one of them mm-hmm. is, um, it's an open light box. So, I'll talk about the light box first. So, essentially, it's just, like, kind of a big box, mm-hmm. uh, but it's well lit. Yeah, And mice basically have two impulses they have or they don't they have lots of impulses Mm. i'm sorry mice Um, (laughs) but these are the things that are going back and forth in their head is that they are naturally curious sure so they want to explore new environments Mm -hmm. so there's like a reward in novelty for mice mice like if something is novel they'll naturally explore it sure um but also it's a light box, and they um, are nocturnal. They like the dark. Yeah. So they're they're scared of the center of the box where the most light is. Sure. So they'll and they um they gravitate towards uh, walls. Yeah. The like kind of tactile feeling of walls. So basically, a more anxious mouse will um, spend a lot of time on the walls, and mm-hmm. will kind of fight back against their like novelty mm-hmm. impulse. Sure. Whereas more baseline mouse, we would call it like baseline or I guess normal mouse, would be... A
0: neurotypical mouse. <laughs> A
1: neurotypical mouse would explore the Which box. Which the name of my hip-hop album. <laughs> neurotypical mouse um, would explore the box. And so then we would just make measures of like an average mouse mm-hmm. spends X amount of time in the center of the box. So anyone who spends like maybe two standard deviations... -hmm. A lower of that amount of time, maybe that's an anxious mouse. Okay. Um, That's just one of the tests we do.
0: That's really interesting. Like, I, because, like, who thought of that? That's so specific. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, essentially, a lot of these tests, how we know um, they're good. examples of anxiety is that if you give that mouse valium Mm -hmm. that anxious mouse is he's gonna
0: want a whole prescription
1: he's gonna want he's like you know he's he's signing up i need it um but he will explore Uh uh-huh okay he'll go into the baseline interesting um range interesting so that's how we test a lot of these new drugs is that you kind of see how these phenotypes Mm -hmm. change in mice and obviously a mouse's brain isn't Like exactly like humans, um, which is why so many drugs fail in clinical trials because it maybe works in a mouse, but it doesn't work in human. And why is that? There's a lot of reasons why. Mm -hmm. um, But uh, that's kind of like step one. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, But yeah, also like uh, so you you study with memory stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, And so are you looking at side effects of like antidepressants on the memory, and like how does that work? What is a standard day for Shannon? Yeah. Um,
1: So. During my thesis, my thesis started out very different than it is now. Okay. Um, I wanted to study how early life adversity affected adulthood Mm -hmm. um, anxiety. So that's where it started out. Essentially, my lab has three um, models of early life adversity. One is um, um, maternal infection. Okay. So essentially, we inject the mother with um, this It's LPS, which is essentially the part... Of bacteria that kind of make you sick, Mm -hmm. Um, so we inject the mom at a certain time point with LPS, which um, essentially in humans the like kind of the model is. Um, women I think in their second trimester Mm -hmm. who have a major infection that like leads them to be um, hospitalized the children have a higher risk of autism and ADHD Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like the model that we pull from there so that's like early life Mm. that's one form of early life adversity and it's literally in utero Mm -hmm. the other form is we have maternal separation which Mm -hmm. essentially um, the mom mouse is taken out of the cage Like a cup, I think it's like two I never did it But I think it's like two hours Or Mm -hmm. a day um, Which is trying to mimic uh, So like this horrible thing That happened in Romania Was that there were a lot of these Romanian orphanages Where the children were um, They were essentially like They weren't touched Yeah um, they had, like, no human interaction. Mm-hmm. And those children then had a lot of psychiatric disorders Yeah, um, when they got older, as one would expect. But, yeah, so that was our model of that. And then our third, which I think is the most interesting model we have, is um, its maternal environment in terms of the mother is has a knockout of the serotonin 1A receptor, which is a serotonin mm-hmm. receptor, which means the mom genetically... Um, is genetically depressed, essentially, because she has less serotonin receptor. Mm -hmm. But she's, um, though she can, uh, she has like one copy of the gene that's normal and one copy of the gene that's knocked out. So then we mate them with um, totally wild type um, receptor um, fathers. Sure. And so the children then, some of them are totally normally genetically. Mm -hmm. So they have, full receptors, because you get one ge- one from your mom, one from your dad. Mm-hmm. But those totally wild type uh, <laughs> My favorite <babies>. Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wild type. I know. Those totally, um, like, normally, genetically, mm-hmm. babies still have anxiety. Interesting. From just being in the maternal environment, which is a mother that's um, depressed. depressed. Interesting. And my lab actually found that uh, a lot of it is linked through actually the breast milk.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, and in terms of cytokines, which are immune molecules, mm-hmm. so a lot of the immune system is transferred through the breast milk. Hmm. And so essentially, you could even cross foster like a totally normal pup and give it the breast milk of mm. a mother that's um, depressed mm-hmm. and actually they'll get anxious as well.
0: Interesting. Because
1: we don't know exactly why, but it has to do with the immune molecules Mm -hmm. and how it changes um, the brain development. It also has to do with maybe the gut flora and how that changes, which is another thing that's new in neuroscience is like how your gut affects your brain. So anyway. Always thinking
0: (laughs) with your stomach. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So what was I talking about? Oh, those are three models. And I was looking at the brains of those Mm -hmm. um, pups and like essentially what's different in their brains and uh, trying to put that together. But essentially what happened is I like happenstance about on this other finding. And that became my thesis, which is I found something that has to do with memory Mm -hmm. and not those guys, Mm -hmm. but in a different population of mice. Mm -hmm. And so then I went down this other memory route. Yeah. Okay. Which is good. Yeah. I still like it, but I kind of wanted to be in psychiatric disorders, mm-hmm. and I kind of went into a more basic science. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully now, like I was saying, mm-hmm. I have mice on antidepressants now. Mm-hmm. That I'm like swinging back into the neuropsychiatric disorder. Mm-hmm.
0: That all sounds very. That's also all makes sense in regards to, like those parallels are also very clear with m- well-known cases of like depression and yeah. stuff like that of like. Mm-hmm. Like the the like the fact that like every comedian starts off trust trying to make their mom laugh. Yeah. Like if your mom's bummed out off the time and you feel anxious towards, yeah. Like, because you do like you, you need some sort of security from your parents. Yeah. I think like, and I think we obviously there's the genetic factor, but there's also like the just you need that. Yeah. And if you don't get that, I think it it's very obvious. Like. Oh yeah. That's why people who have like divorced parents tend to be more anxious and that sort of thing because they're yeah. getting mis You know, and like it's neither. It's not a judgment. It's just like I think, kind of how it is.
1: Right. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think we're learning more and more how environment in early on really shapes. And that's not to say that like, okay, we know it shapes, but the I'm also in the camp of our brains are incredibly plastic, so you can change too. Yeah, absolutely. But it's still like recognizing that what happens in childhood really sticks around. Yeah. Yeah, you can change. I think that's it's hard. I think. Uh, so, I mean something that happens to me and I, I know it happens to a lot of people when you are depressed and I get into a Depressive state. I think nope. I'm always like this. This is who I am. Yep. I'm depressed I'm gonna be depressed tomorrow and this is who I am and it's like and I literally my uh, Partner is like in my ear saying like no 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 no. you said this last time remember we were here last time and you said the same thing like you're, you're. It's not going to be like let's just give it to tomorrow. Tomorrow might be better, and it, yeah. and it's just like because I think that's like the default. That's one of the hard things about being depressed is like yeah, your brain goes to like nah, you're a piece of shit, and you always were, and like mm-hmm. before you were just pretending, and like now you're the real you. But mm-hmm. it's just like getting that experience of like I pulled myself out of this before. Yeah, I'm gonna do it again.
0: Yeah, and that's and, every day,
1: and that's every day, and it's a struggle, but. I guess it's worth it. <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah, so. I think so.
0: I think it's really good work that you're doing and I think it's really important work to under, because you've got to understand what's going on. Yeah. And I think it's also one of the many facets of like, what's really beautiful is the fact that you're doing comedy and this, and so you're doing two levels of trying to understand humanity. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really cool.
1: That's true. That's, that's ultimately what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's trying to figure <sighs> out people. <laughs>
0: And I want to thank you for being on.
1: Oh, thank you so much. This yeah. was a blast.
0: Um, and where can people find your stuff? And where are you? What do you yeah. do? Yeah, yeah. Where can people
1: find <laughs> uh, My address is, no, just <laughs> My social security <laughs> number is, um, mm-hmm. you can follow me on Twitter at Shodell. Um, you can look up Your Brain on Blank on Facebook Watch. You can mm-hmm. follow me on Facebook at Shannon O'Dell. Um, you can see me. Every other month at Littlefield at a show I produce called Drunk Science. Oh, yeah. So look that up. If you just Google it, you'll find it. And Uh uh, yeah, I also have a show at the UCB Theater called Wake Up with Tina and Gina. It has a monthly run it's a not science at all no it's a what very <laughs> very gross crude uh show I do with my very good friend Alyssa Limparis. Paris but okay. it's a lot of fun
0: <laughs> good well that all sounds very very good and I hope to be at one of those things soon yeah but thank you for coming on
1: oh my gosh thank you for having me Can